The world is waking up, and you finding your way here today is no coincidence. The spirit world always has a way of guiding us where we most need to be at the absolute perfect time. I'm your host, Lindsay Morlock, and you're listening to The Guided Podcast, where we explore how the spirit world works on our behalf to guide us along our paths. This is where you'll learn how to live a life that is both conscious and connected, so you can supercharge your pathway to healing and open to life's magic and miracles. Come along this journey to see how guided you truly are. Hello, hello, and welcome back to this week's episode of The Guided Podcast. You know, I recently recorded an episode with an upcoming guest. Um, Her name is Tia Meredith. She's amazing. And you're going to hear her full episode next week. But our conversation really speaks to living with uncertainty. And one of the things this conversation inspired me to reflect upon is this feeling of loneliness that we experience when we're moving through difficult times, times of transition, or any experience that leads us to feel like we are exceptionally unique in our circumstances. So this week, I wanted to share about some of my own experiences with loneliness and offer a spiritual perspective on the topic. Now, in general, loneliness is not an uncommon feeling for people. And a lot of times I think we equate loneliness with referring to the experience of being single and not in a relationship. And given that I'm actually a serial non-dater, this is not really the type of loneliness that I'll speak to, but it might apply to you. And the truth is, I also know plenty of people who are in romantic relationships who are just as lonely as someone who might feel lonely being single. So the other day, I was sharing with a friend of mine that when I was 25, I attended a class called Mastering the Art of Aloneness. I was living in Boston. I was, you know, single, brand new job, trying to find my way. And the person who teaches this class is actually quite famous now. But looking back, I find this story comical because I was so destined to protect myself by keeping myself out of relationships that I decided to attend a class on mastering how to thrive by being alone at the ripe age of 25. It's honestly kind of sad, but I wore it like a badge of honor. And much to my surprise, when I showed up in the workshop that day, I found myself in a room with about six other people. And three of the people, I would say, had just been widowed or were widowers. And the others had just gotten out of relationships or working through divorces. And then there was me, 25 years old, having never been in a relationship, showing up bright-eyed, bushy-tailed, excited to learn how to live a fulfilling life without ever needing to be in a romantic relationship. So this story tells you so very much about me and what I've come into this lifetime to learn about, but I digress. So in this class, right, I'm with people three times my age who had been partnered their entire life and were learning now to live their lives single without somehow turning into recluses. While I decided to take this class, trying to learn learn how to feel good without needing people around. Now, only in hindsight did I realize that the class was a bit of a downer, but at the time, I saw my aloneness as hyper-independence, as a badge of honor that was indicative of my self-sufficiency and my self-reliance. Now, that's a topic for a whole other podcast, but the point I'm trying to make here is that I took this class so I could embrace my aloneness and ensure that I could still live a fulfilling life, even if I were going to be alone. Now, for a few moments when I started the class, I felt kind of foolish, but then I realized the people in this class, we weren't that different from one 
one another. Our circumstances were different, but the emotions we were struggling with were not. And I realized that we were all struggling with loneliness in our own ways. So whether in the form of self-protection or learning how to keep your heart open in the face of struggle and pain, even in our loneliness, we were all united and looking for some sort of connection. They were looking to relearn how to live their lives given the absence of a partner. I was trying to avoid ever wanting or desiring a partner. And yet, you don't sign up for a class on mastering aloneness if you aren't trying to fill some sort of void within yourself. They were lonely in their pain. They were feeling some sort of emptiness or void. And I was lonely in trying to avoid my own. But loneliness hits us at other points in our lives too. I recently had a bout of COVID that you've now probably heard me speak about ad nauseum, but that had me isolated for nearly three weeks during both Christmas and my birthday. I'm single. I live alone. The holidays were a total bust, right? So while it was great that I didn't infect anyone, by the end of that stint, I realized that it was actually an incredibly lonely experience, even with people checking in on me daily. So that's an example of a fairly benign or simple way that loneliness might strike us in the form of human isolation. You know, human beings are wired for connection. We are truly designed to be in relationship with one another. And sometimes we take for granted that even being in the presence of other people, like at the grocery store or walking around somewhere that other people happen to be flitting about, there's still this element of making eye contact with exchanging pleasantries, a smile, right? Some sort of connecting with other human beings, even if only for a moment. So when people are isolated in any way, it can feel lonely. But I think one of the ways that loneliness can hit us the hardest is when we're moving through some type of struggle in our life. So whether you're dealing with a serious illness or injury, if you're working or dealing with someone who is dealing with serious illness or injury, if you're moving through a big transition in your life, perhaps grieving the loss of someone special, maybe you're moving through changing jobs or geographic locations, maybe you're moving through your own spiritual awakening or new lessons and understandings of who you are and how you move through the world. Um, Maybe you're in the throes of some deep feelings like anxiety or depression, or maybe even you're a parent navigating challenges with your children. Or maybe you even find yourself in a position where you have a lot of friends, but you don't feel like you connect with any of them. Maybe you feel like they don't understand you or don't care to. Maybe you feel like you don't belong. There's really no limit when it comes to the various situations that can stir and spur these feelings of loneliness within us. Anytime we experience the thought or feeling that we are misunderstood, I think we feel some degree of aloneness. And when we feel like we are in a position where we can't speak up for how we're feeling or what is happening in our minds or on our hearts, we can feel incredibly alone. This is why I think so many Facebook groups or membership communities exist to help people find their right tribe and to feel less alone in the world in their lived experiences. And while I I agree that these communities are so necessary, I want to offer another perspective on the root of loneliness. And to illustrate this point, I want to share a little ditty about my first spiritual retreat. So about seven years ago, a friend of mine was having a milestone birthday. And being that she was single and I was single, we decided that it was up to us to celebrate this occasion for her. She had always wanted to visit Sedona. And I had always heard that Sedona was a mecca for spirituality. And I just knew that if I were going to visit, I'd need to also immerse myself in something spiritual while I was there. Otherwise, I knew I would be feeling like I missed out on something on the flip side. So my friend was not that into 
spirituality the way I was, so I decided to head to Sedona four days in advance of her arrival and gift myself with this retreat. Now, before I got there, I was excited to be going on the retreat, but I felt a little nervous. You know, being single for the vast majority of my adult life, I was so accustomed to doing things on my own. Hence, mastering the art of aloneness did teach me well. I really had no problem being a hermit. I also had no problem attending a restaurant or a movie by myself. You know, where that might bother some people, that has never been an issue for me. However, every now and then, I would find myself feeling lonely, feeling a bit maybe blasé about the fact that while I was totally fine being solo, sometimes it's just nice to share experiences with someone else. So while I I was excited to be going on this retreat, it was the first time I was going to be doing solo travel of this nature. Now, in hindsight, I would argue that spiritual retreats are actually incredibly sacred and special, and solitude can be a very important part of the integration process. But when you're intentionally diving into your wounds and trying to release old patterns or let go of things that aren't serving you anymore, it can also feel a bit daunting to be totally on your own. So I share this with you because I was nervous that I was going to feel lonely throughout the process of this retreat. And I'm also someone who is absolutely terrible about asking for help. I truly have a hard time asking for what I need, no less asking people to put themselves out for me. So while I did have a person on this retreat who was appointed to me if I needed to process anything, I never reached out for help. However, what I learned moving through this experience is that while I was totally alone, by the end of the trip, I was filled with so much energy of love. I felt so connected to my divinity. I felt so connected to the spirit world that all I felt was that connection and I just felt filled with love. And in that connection, there was absolutely no loneliness to be found. So moving forward in my life, in the recognition that my connection to my higher self and spirit was the antidote to my loneliness, I started looking at my own loneliness differently. So now it's not to say that I don't feel lonely at times. I'm human. I experience all the emotions just like anyone else. But I'm also someone who is more introverted. I don't tend to share my struggles or my pain with too many people, or at least until I started a podcast. But there are times in all of our lives where we go through rough patches. There are times when we might feel like we are drowning and struggling to keep our heads above water. And it can be an incredible lonely experience when you're suffering, no less suffering in silence. And what is so important is that our spiritual connection is always available to us. And I highly believe that as humans, we are wired for and need connection with other human beings. So I'm not discounting that in the least because it is really important. But what I've also learned is that anytime I feel lonely, it's because I'm disconnected from myself. I'm disconnected from the spirit world. And when I find my way back to that connection, the loneliness dissolves and I can return to that feeling of total connection. And any lower level emotion that I seem to have experienced dissipates along with it. So anytime I'm feeling lonely, I always need to ask myself, how do I need to reconnect with myself? You know, if we're feeling lonely, we might try to distract ourselves by binge watching TV or scrolling through social media. We might try to numb our feelings with food, alcohol, shopping. You know, we tend to look outside of ourselves to either distract ourselves from how we feel or find connection somewhere it's not. 
And often when I hear from people that they're surrounded by tons and tons of people or even have a romantic partner, and yet they still feel disconnected or lonely, my initial reaction is always, where are you disconnected from yourself? Because just as you might remember when I spoke about the mirror principle in episode six, feeling disconnected from those around you can just be a mirror of the fact that you're disconnected from yourself. So what are some of the ways that we can find our way back to that connection with ourself in the spiritual sense? The first and foremost, right, honor and validating your emotions. Don't dismiss them. Don't push them away because that just creates more resistance. It doesn't feel good to feel lonely, but I find comfort in the knowing that negative emotions especially are pointing us in the direction of something that we desire. So if we're feeling lonely, we can be clear that we're desiring the feeling of connection. So we do need to validate and lean into all of the emotions, especially the negative ones so that we can feel them in the physical body and release them. But understand that that emotion is pointing you in the direction of what you do want to bring into your life. Meditation can be really helpful in this process of bringing us back into ourselves, you know, allowing ourselves to be in solitude, to quiet the mind, to notice in our physical body what sensations are happening and allowing ourselves to breathe light into those places in our physical body and releasing those emotions that get trapped in our tissues while allowing ourselves to have compassion and give ourselves grace for what we're experiencing. It's a powerful practice, one that I even teach my own clients through the Divine Family Program. You know, another staple for me is my own breathwork practice. I practice and I facilitate pranayama breathwork, which is an active form of meditation that's designed to help you release emotion from your physical body. So once we use the breath to clear the issues from your tissues, it's almost like taking a bottle of Windex and wiping the emotions away from your physical body so that your essence and your connection to source energy can re-emerge because it's always there. It's just that all this muck, all this stuff outside of us that dims our light weighs us down. So this is like taking the Windex and cleaning off all of that that debris. That's what allows our essence to re-emerge. It brings us back to our true state of pure love, which is a state of connection. It's a place where, you know, at the end of the practice, I can literally feel the vibration of love moving through my physical body, which also helps me feel more connected to the spirit world because it's something that I can physically feel in my body. And it's in contrast to something that I can't really see with my naked eye, but I can feel that love in my body. Recently, I also read a book by Pema Chodron. In her book, Living Beautifully with Uncertainty and Change, she speaks to this Buddhist practice known as Tonglen. And I'm sorry if I've butchered that word. It's the first time I've heard of it. And I decided to try it because I thought it was interesting. And I was really surprised with how simple it was. And yet the impact that it had on me was immediate and pretty profound. So essentially, this practice is a way for your own pain or suffering to become a pathway to understanding the pain of others. And in that, there's this feeling of connectedness to others with your pain, in your pain, even if you're alone, even if you're on your own. And what you do is coordinated with your breath. So As you breathe in, you actually feel the pain or suffering or emotion for that matter in your body that you're struggling with. And as you take in that breath, you're feeling that pain fully and completely in the body. And on the out breath, on the exhale, you actually send out this 
plea for relief for yourself and for all others who are suffering from this same affliction. So when we focus on our shared experiences, the idea is that even if we're alone, we can dissolve loneliness by connecting into the greater whole. So even if you're the only person in your inner circle going through whatever experience you are going through in any given moment, there is someone somewhere who is sharing your experience. And so in this in-breath and out-breath, you're connecting into that person somewhere in the collective that is sharing the experience that you're going through. And it was powerful, I have to say. And I honestly can't underestimate finding people in your life in human form that truly get you to connect with. But I truly believe at our core that our loneliness is dissolved first and foremost by our connection to ourself. And as we make our own connection our priority, we find the connections start to be reflected in human form as well. So I encourage you the next time you're feeling lonely, give yourself the time and space you need to reconnect with yourself, especially the greater part of yourself on the other side of the veil. And certainly there is no suffering too small to reach out and ask for help. So today I will leave you with this. Even if you can't feel or sense the spirit world around you, please know that they always walk beside you and you are never ever walking alone. Thank you so much for listening to the guided podcast. If you enjoyed this episode, I would be so grateful if you would share it with a friend or even leave me a review so we can ensure that it makes its way into the ears of listeners who need to hear these messages most. Until next time, may you remember how guided you truly are.